Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the final film in the series, the Guardians of the Galaxy series, this one being Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This came out this year, 2023, written and directed by James Gunn, starring Chukudi Iwuji. I hope I nailed that. Bradley Cooper, Palm Clement Teef, Dave Batista, Karen Gillan, Vin Diesel, Chris Pratt, and Will Poulter. Uh, did I say Chris Pratt? Yes, I did say Chris Pratt. Will Poulter. Uh, in this movie, Steel Reeling. From the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy, if not successful. Overall, this film is by far my third favorite movie in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. I love all of these movies, uh, all three of them, but each movie I like slightly less than the previous film still a great movie still a great finish to the series don't get me wrong uh but uh if you if i were to rank them it would be one through three as they are as they were released each one got a little bit i, I like a little bit less let's just put it that way but i do like this movie so i don't not like any of them i would say a as a whole when it comes to superhero movies this trilogy of films is probably one of the best uh i mean of course this is connected to the whole mcu deal uh which those range in quality as well but as as far as these three films i think uh i think these these ones do a, a good job and these movies there are a lot of dark aspects to these movies which i also love there's, I, I love the James Gunnness of it, the dark sense of humor, uh, but also just some, some very dark themes, some dark aspects to these films, right? In the, in the first moon, no, second movie, we got a lot of Nebula's backstory as far as how Thanos would make her fight Gamora, and every time she would lose, uh, Thanos would replace another part of her. Uh, so that is why she is just mostly robot, because she kept losing to Gamora. Very dark. Uh, also, in the last film, we saw the hundreds of other children that were created by Ego, along with siblings of Peter Quill, and as we found out in the holiday special, uh, the sister of Peter Quill, uh, Mantis, the hundreds of their siblings that were just killed because they didn't have the right energy that Ego required to uh, infect the entire universe with his zhuzh. Uh, so very dark aspects to both of those characters, mostly in the last film, I guess. 
uh, really. Uh, but uh, this movie, some darkness as well. And we knew Rocket came uh, when Rocket came into this whole thing. He's always had uh, there's always been like a sore subject about people calling him a raccoon and and all these things. Anytime they talk about uh, him at all. Uh, so there's always some, you know, we knew there was something to his backstory and we get to see the gruesome, gory details of Rocket's backstory in this movie. Uh, so very brutal. Uh, I would say the darkest of not only the trilogy, but darkest, I would say, of every... I don't know if I've seen another MCU movie that has as dark of themes as this movie does, which in many ways makes this movie better <laughs> because of. Uh, but definitely, and not the reason why this is my third favorite. Uh, there's another aspect to this, uh, specifically the story of Gamora in this movie uh, is the biggest aspect that really makes you realize that this is part of a much bigger story than just the trilogy of films, um, which I completely forgot. I haven't watched the other Marvel films in forever. Uh, the the A Avengers films, I think maybe I've only seen once in theater when it came out. So as far as what happened to Gamora, I completely forgot. So when this movie show started and she wasn't there, uh, I was like... I was very confused. Thankfully, there is a moment where it explains stuff, but that aspect is the main reason why this is my third favorite of the series because it's the one where it felt like I completely missed a movie, which technically I did. It just wasn't a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, right? Which is one of the reasons I don't like superhero movies in general is because you have to do your homework. If you don't see everything, then you're going to miss something and even though this has a moment where it explains what happened to Gamora it doesn't really it doesn't explain why another Gamora shows up uh, as far as I know it doesn't explain it in this movie and I don't know if there's another movie that explains it but the fact that I would have had to watch other movies like if if I had never seen the other Marvel movies and just watched the Guardians of the Galaxy films, Volume 1, 2, and 3, Volume 3 is so wildly disjointed from the other two, and that's, that's one of the main reasons why. I didn't quite like it as much. Um, and, you know, I, I knew, like, eventually I remembered, I ha literally had to look it up. Um... And then as the story, especially when it, it kind of, you know, uh, gets explained in the movie, I remembered what happened to her, but still doesn't explain why this other Gamora shows up. So. Um, so it's the only film out of the three or four films, whether you consider the holiday special uh, essential part of this franchise or not, or series of films or not. Uh, it's the only one that made me feel that way. Um, which is something I do not like, you know, I have I never liked homework my entire life. I didn't like it when I was in school and definitely don't like it when it comes to movies, right? If, if there's some piece of knowledge that I need to know for the story to make sense, uh, that's from another movie, then, uh, you know, then you, there's, there's something wrong with your movie. 
I would say. Let's take a quick break from this episode that you're listening and or watching because I want to talk about something that has changed over at InspiredDisorder.com, which is my website, the website of not only the Ray Taylor show, but also of the many faces, the f paintings, the original ink paintings that I myself, Ray Taylor, paint. New paintings come out every day. I am announcing today there are prints available for every painting. Limited number of prints are, are available for every painting. Every print is made by me. I scan in the original painting. I print out. I make sure everything is properly aligned and corrected and ready to go. And each print is signed and numbered. Each image, each painting is limited to only five prints per painting. So not only can you collect the original painting... But there are five limited edition signed and numbered prints that you can purchase that are printed on the exact same paper that I used to paint the original image. So you're getting high quality paper, the highest quality print that you could possibly get made by me. I don't ship this out. This isn't drop ship. This isn't some other company making them for me. I make them in-house. I take the time just as I do when I make the, the original paintings, I take that same time, that same energy, that same love and care when it comes to these prints that are limited. Only five, but they are numbered and they are signed and they are made by me, made on the same paper. So if the original painting is four by six, so is the print, four by six. Six by nine, six by nine print. Nine by 12 original, nine by 12 print. Those are the main three sizes of paintings that I do these days. Prices for the original work, $100 for the 9, nine by 12 $40 for the 6 by 9 and $20 for the 4 by 6 Now, the print prices obviously are much lower, much more affordable for collecting. If you can't afford the originals, you can afford the prints. 4 by 6 prints start... $5. The 6x9s, $10. And the 9x12s are $20. So you can go to inspireddisorder.com and purchase original artwork at amazing prices or prints. If you if you're if I times are tough, I get it. Trust me. I know. But if you want to collect my work, there are many options. And even the prints are of high quality, and they are rare. They, are, they don't last forever. There's only five prints made for each painting. So go to InspiredDisorder.com. Start collecting art today. Upgrade your walls. Elevate your space. Start Get a conversation starter. Start your art collection today over at InspiredDisorder.com. Now, let's get back to this show that you're listening to right now. And the post credit scene in the last, in volume two, I should say, involving the Atom machine that the Golden people had. Uh, there's a new character in this movie that's realized from that, which is kind of fun. Um, it's still a fun movie. This is definitely, I would say, the most James Gunn of the three 
Guardians of the Galaxy movies, this one reminded me a lot of uh, God. What did this remind me of? This I don't know if this one actually reminded. I'm thinking of another James Gunn film, um, but definitely has the James Gunn feel to it. Some great action moments in this movie. Uh, great ending to the these series, kind of these three or four film series. Um, but yeah, and super dark with rocket interesting to get some of that that backstory with rocket see where he actually did come from uh but i do want to get into spoilers so for those that haven't seen this movie yet obviously disney plus been out for a while now uh, i just watched it for the first time uh and it was good i'm glad i finally got to watch it i've enjoyed reviewing the the movies the guardians of the galaxy movies uh and looking forward to this one last week when i reviewed the holiday special was you know thankfully it was only 40 minutes long pretty unnecessary aside from the fact that it you find out that mantis is quill's uh, sister um, but doesn't really play in too much they they do uh, mention that they are brother and sister in this one but even if you hadn't seen the previous one when they say that in this movie it could just mean because they are like a family in general the guardians of the galaxy are all family and you could have seen uh, quill saying that drax is his brother just and it wouldn't have made you know would have made just as much sense as when he uh, says that to to mantis so i don't know uh, wasn't necessary to watch it, although it was fun, the holiday special. Uh, but let's get into spoilers starting now. Spoiler warning for those that don't want to be spoiled. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, it does start in the same location as the holiday special. It takes place nowhere. The, the floating skull, which is like, you know, in the second movie, it's being, ref I think the second movie, I'm pretty sure it's being refined. You know, all the it's like a giant's head and all the the matter inside of the head, all the biological matter is being mined, which is illegal. But that is kind of the home base, the headquarters for Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's the the location of the holiday special, primarily aside from Hollywood. Groot still looks the same pretty much as the holiday special. He looks like a guy in a suit. Uh, there is a little bit more CG to his character, but still looks like a dude in a suit, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, you have a drunk Peter, which, to go back to the Groot character, I like practical effects, don't get me wrong. But when you have a digital character like Groot that's been clearly digital throughout the series, and then all of a sudden the character looks like like the, the head is larger and a different shape than before and it seems to be that shape to accommodate a human head of inside of it so the inconsistencies with the Groot character overall design uh was noticeable in the holidays and the same in this one um not horrible but def definitely noticeable uh this one also starts with drunk peter quill which don't know why he's drunk obviously he's drunk because gamora died thanos killed gamora which is i completely forgot about that aspect in the avengers movie that she goes to like there's the scene they're on a cliff and he throws her off the cliff or allows her to die i forget the details of it completely forgot she died 
in that. So when this movie stars, like, what happened to Gamora and why is he drunk? All they would have had to do is have a little dream sequence with Peter Quill, who's drunk, right? See him get drunk, go pass out. He has a dream sequence that reminds us what happened to Gamora. Just give us a little clip of what he, like, in his imag could be, like, as wacky as James Gunn could have imagined a, a reimagining of that scene in Peter Quill's dream and have him, and then it would refresh everybody to remember, oh, this is what happened, which would have been nice for me. And for anybody that hadn't seen all of the other Marvel movies, including probably one of the most successful movies of all time, if they hadn't seen that, they, would, they wouldn't be lost like I was for the beginning of this movie, questioning what did happen to Gamora, why is Peter, like it would answer why Peter's all of a sudden getting drunk all the time. So the whole thing with Gamora being gone really made me feel like I missed something. Like, did something happen? Because she wasn't in the holiday special either. I think they just said, they say that she was off with the Ravengers, I think, in that movie. But didn't really, like, it just seemed like a, she wasn't available for production, so she's away. She didn't show up for the Christmas special for whatever reason. She couldn't make it. She had another, she's doing that TV show for Peacock or whatever, or Paramount Plus. She couldn't make it for scheduling reasons, so she's away with the whatever. But in this one, it really felt like I missed something. Like, what happened to her? She didn't leave. Like, the, the second one ends with Yondu's firework funeral, and then next thing you know, she's gone. So it would have been nice just to have some kind of dream sequence. Um, and it's, it's sad because it's the first time and only time in this franchise of this series of movies that really made me feel like oh, I should have done my homework, which I hate that feeling when it comes to these movies. Um, but I did look it up. I had to look it up because it does, they do explain it, but it's not for like a half hour into the movie. It's a wa ways. And it's, they explain it after another Gamora shows up, which there is no explanation for that. I have no idea how another Gamora shows up. But, and maybe there's a movie that explains why there's another Gamora, but uh, I don't know. Um, it just feels like they wanted to have this character back and they wrote this soap opera-y, like, I don't know. I have no idea. It just, it didn't make any sense. It definitely made this movie a lot worse for me. This the whole Gamora situation in this movie. Um, but we do get that excl explanation in the elevator and that, that bio uh, ship, which I thought was really cool. The design of that ship and everything definitely had the James Gunn feel to it of like slimy, gross, practical, b-movie type of design to the whole thing uh, that whole bio bio ship but yeah during the the elevator explanation of what happened to gamora that's when i was like oh yeah that's right she did die in that thing and like seriously all they would have needed is like a little dream sequence with drunk peter quill i have like a nose hair that bugging me right now that nose hair is a fan of the entire mcu and is mad at me for not remembering that Gamora was killed by Thanos. 
and probably why there's another Gamora. There's probably a movie in the comments. Let me know if you're watching this. What movie explains this other Gamora existing? But it seems like she's there just to fulfill this love story that never made sense. This this non-attraction, this non-thing thing that between Peter and Gamora that's supposed to be this this attraction, this this love interest that I never buy. There's never any chemistry between those characters, in my opinion. And it, it seems like it feels like this new Gamora is there specifically for that purpose. Uh, we do get, obviously, a big part of this movie is Rocket's origin story. As he's, like, in a fight, he's injured, but they can't use a med pack on him because he has, like, a kill switch or whatever. So a lot of this movie is trying to uncover the code that is needed to unlock his kill switch so that they can heal him. Right, MacGuffin. The downside is that Rocket isn't in this movie. We get his backstory, but we don't see the Rocket Rocket with the Guardians of the Galaxy people. He is, he is like got IVs in him and he's sedated the entire he's like in a hospital on a hospital bed the entire movie with flashbacks to how he was created so it's interesting getting to see how Rocket came about but it's a bummer that he is not in this movie for the majority of it uh, but absolutely brutal the animal experiments blending them with robotics uh, you know tr this dude's uh, like uh, obsession with accelerating evolution right we get a lot of rocket's backstory which in many ways is similar to gamora as far as using machinery to augment biological being to perform better which is literally what nebula's whole backstory was but there is a moment in this where she mentions that his backstory is far worse far brutal than what she went through right which got to take her word for it still dark uh and definitely got emotional when they save rocket you know because i like the character in general seeing this backstory and his friends that were other animals that were being experimented on uh all of that stuff really really heart-wrenching stuff what is up listeners of the ray taylor show let's take a quick break from the podcast that you are listening and or watching at this very moment because i want to talk about the official ray taylor show merchandise that i sell over at my website inspireddisorder.com these are images inspired by the show these are images that are designed by me ray taylor show merch not only high quality shirts but also high-quality biodegradable phone cases. So if you're somebody that commutes, you listen to this podcast on the go, and you want to show your support, you want to show your love for this show, you can get a phone case that's not only going to protect your phone, it's not only going to show the world that you love this show and that you support this show, but it's also a phone case that's going to be good for the environment because it's biodegradable. It's not made of plastic and rubber. It's made about it's made of things that will break down into the earth when you're done using it, when you upgrade to the newest of new iPhones and you get rid of it. You can rest assured that you are not polluting the environment. 
with the phone case. So if you want to show your support to the Ray Taylor Show, head on over to inspireddisorder.com. Pick yourself up some shirts. Pick yourself up some phone cases. And I'm working on updating everything. New designs, new products, all kinds of new merch for the Ray Taylor Show. So if you want to show your support, head on over to inspireddisorder.com and pick up your merch now to show your support and love for the Ray Taylor Show. Now, with all of that said, let's get back to that very show right now. We also get Adam, which is created by the gold people, um, has like great powers or whatever. Uh, he is the one that almost kills Rocket. Um, but his character has a little bit of a redemption arc, you know, beginning of the movie, him being the villain and then later being part of the, the, the team, the family. Very similar arc to Nebula in a lot of ways. Uh, this one we have the music. Obviously, with, with each new movie, there's new music. And because of the addition of the Zune, in the last film, in the second film, I should say, uh, there's a lot of 90s music in this, which I love the 90s music, obviously. My favorite decade, the 90s. As far as music, uh, a lot of movies as well. Uh, and also a time where I would love to just go back and be a teenager again, be young again in the 90s. Not have the internet be as pervasive and everywhere as it currently is. So, yeah, 90s music I love. Uh, we also get new locations in this movie that I love. The biological ship is very cool. Uh, the replica Earth, I forget what he calls it, uh, with all the animal people, I assume is the planet that uh, that duck character blanking on is Howard the Duck came from, potentially. But cool seeing all the, the animal people. I, I really did enjoy that. As well as the use of No Sleep Till Brooklyn. That whole fight was really great, actually. Uh, just probably one of the best fight sequences in this movie, or in all of these movies, is the No Sleep Till Brooklyn fight. And we get all of the characters fighting together. Like, a great, a great fight. Well shot. Um, a highlight of this movie. Uh, there's a moment in this movie, a small nitpick, not the Gamora thing, which is a major issue I have with this movie, but a small nitpick. There's a moment where Drax gets shot. They're in the biological thing, and Drax gets shot. And it looks like he's going to die. And then cut to another scene, and he's just fine flying the ship. Uh, now, I know they have med packs and all that stuff, but it literally cuts from him almost dying. You're seeing Mantis freaking out, trying to carry him in. And then next thing you see is he's flying the ship and he's completely fine also that's like a small nitpick but another aspect with drax that i really did love and specifically drax and mantis they those are the characters that have the unspoken thing those are the characters that have the chemistry that i would imagine everybody assumed peter and gamora would have or wanted them to have the connection of Drax and Mantis makes a thousand more percent. I buy it like crazy. And at the end of this movie, when Mantis decides that she needs to go live her own life, she's never, you know, she's spent her whole life being a servant to her dad ego. 
and now she wants to find out who she is on her own very bummer big bummer like i wish i would have loved this movie so much more if she allowed drax to go with her and would hopefully lead to spin-offs of them together because i love those characters together those are the characters that have the chemistry the unspoken thing so when he starts crying when they say goodbye that really got me choked up because that was that was the only character duo really that i bought that they had chemistry and at the end when they all split up rocket becomes the new captain we see kind of the new guardians of the galaxy team that rocket is in charge of with the uh the guy that has Yondu's arrow, which he has a great moment in this movie as well. Adam is part of that group. Uh, Groot is giant now. Um, the dog, the talking dog, which the talking dog was in the holiday special. I don't remember the talking dog from the second one, but I love that character uh, and part of the new kind of Guardians of the Galaxy. We also see... Um, Chris Pratt's character, Peter, goes back to Earth finally. Uh, I don't think we see any of the other characters, but a pretty satisfying conclusion to it. The most choked up I got was when Drax says goodbye to to uh, Mantis, for sure. Uh, but a super dark origin story for Rocket, probably the darkest of any of the MCU movies. Uh, and I missed Rocket's energy throughout this film. Like, I love that we get this backstory, but it's a bummer that he wasn't actually a part of a lot of this movie, along with the other people, which I think is better in this movie than the last movie that had them all split apart. Like, everybody was split apart in the second movie, where this one, it feels like they were all together, even though the Gamora character, I don't know that character. I don't know why that character's even there. But at least they were all together for the most part, which is, I think, the the strength of these movies and the reason why I didn't like the second one as much as the first one. But missed the Rockets energy. Uh, the whole Gamora thing felt super out of place. Her replacement didn't make any sense to me. I don't care if there's another movie that explains it. I, d I don't it doesn't I d it just it didn't work in this movie. Like, uh, like just going along with the movie, going like, okay, there's this other, I think it's like a past Gamora or something like that, and she doesn't know, doesn't know any of them. So, uh, like, it just doesn't, I just didn't like that character. It, it made even less chemistry with her and Peter Quill. It, like, it just, it, it was like the worst thing to happen to that character. They should have just completely cut her out, which I like the actress. Don't get me wrong. And I, I like that character. I don't like the the connection. They this love connection. They they keep trying to convince us that she's in love with Peter Quill. I don't buy that at all. But I love the character. I love the actress. But what they did with that character in this movie, it just felt like just horrible. It was one of the worst aspects of the movie. It would have been better if they just left her out. Right. Or introduce a new character to replace her instead of it just being a different version of her. I don't know. And would have loved to have a just a quick two second bad dream that Peter Quill has why he's drunk to quickly remind. Just give us a couple visuals of like, hey, remember, she died. 
and that's probably why he's drinking but they don't do that love the 90s music in this there is some great action in this movie definitely uh some funny moments the moments in the suit where he's like trying to communicate personally and hits the button it's very not intuitive uh peter going back to earth makes sense mantis and drax splitting up didn't like i loved them together they were the best duo obviously the holiday special is them as a duo um and this movie you really see how much she cares about him when he almost dies from being shot but then miraculously is perfectly fine in the next scene they're the ones that have the most unspoken love connection uh far more than peter and and gamora uh groot another small thing looked like a dude in a suit you know kind of felt out of place the dog with the telekinesis loved that character has an amazing moment at the end of this movie that i really loved uh and another but another character like replace gamora with the dog let the dog go on the ship with them you know fine but uh, i don't know just some minor things what well, kind of major things but uh you know the reasons why wasn't a biggest fan but i want to thank everybody for tuning in to this review tuning into the ray taylor show i do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume three don't forget to tune in on monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder until next time enjoy the show subscribe to the ray taylor show on youtube and everywhere podcasts are found binge the full week ad free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus purchase ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real dreams can come true what you manifest in your mind you can bring to reality